This is Feed the People. Episode 2, United States of Double Agents. I'm Darby Daniels, and you're listening to How Insurance Companies Kill People. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. In the last episode, you'll remember that we began taking a look behind the curtain of how insurance claims are investigated at Amity Nation. We met the incomparable Stuart Daniels, the investigator on the case, and good old Stu brought us down to Wenatchee where we began to learn some of the preliminary facts of the case. Miss Wendy Lewis's electric fence did some damage to Michael Thursday, a young man local to the area, causing some pretty serious injuries. Leaving things up to Amity Stu of corruption to decide whether Wendy's policy will cover poor Michael's medical bills or not. Now, I promised you all that through this podcast, I would expose the heinous injustices these big insurance conglomerates carry out on the day-to-day. Their cold-blooded, figuratively literal murder by refusing to help those in need in the name of a buck. But I can't do that without taking an honest look at the facts. My upstanding and obvious journalistic integrity demands that, in order to hold Amity Nation responsible, I need to investigate both sides of this truthfully. Which brings us back to Wendy Lewis and her electric fence. Back in Wenatchee, I did my best to get a clear picture of what really went down. So, I'm standing here with Wendy next to the infamous fence. Sparky. Huh? The fence is called Sparky. Okay. So, I'm standing here with Wendy next to the fence that is called Sparky, and was hoping that you could walk us through what exactly happened here. Paint the picture. Yeah, of course. So, it was two weeks ago on July 9th. It was nighttime, and Michael was out walking about, as he sometimes does in the darkness, as he likes it. He wanted to say hello, but I obviously cannot let him in my house anymore, because, well, you know. Well, another time, another place. Long story. But... He decided he would still see if I was around, so he came up and, well, just grabbed the fence, held onto it for dear life. The rest is history. He just grabbed onto your electric fence? Yes. So sad. So, if you said he's been here before, the fence is new, right? Oh, yes. Brand spanking new. Brand sparking new. (laughs) No, but... Really, look. I mean, it creates a shape around the house that just perfectly complements the gentle cresting of the roof with the new tiling. And look at how it frames the flower garden. The hydrangeas have never looked more perfect as they peek out of Sparky's buzzing wires. That titanium really brings out their blue, don't you see? Just look at the curb appeal it adds. I mean, oh my goodness, it really livens up the place, don't you think? And it can be fun to just touch a little too, you know? Here, here, try it. Give it a little squeeze. Go on. Uh, that's okay for now, but thanks. It, it really does look good. Did you warn him about the fence? Like, have a sign up or something? Oh, I probably shouted something out of my window. It all happened so fast. Could you prove you warned him? Like, is there security footage or maybe a neighbor who saw? Uh, you're asking a lot of questions. You know, your insurance policy states that a part of proper maintenance of the fence includes a responsibility to adequately warn those who could come in contact with it. I see. Yeah, so you should really figure out what happened there before Stu goes asking questions. Right. Now that you mention it, 
I'm so sure I yelled to warn him, and I'm sure he'll remember it that way too. Nice. All right, Stuart. Good luck explaining yourself out of this one. Hmm. Well, that's a doozy. A real pickle. You're joking. This is ridiculous. This is clear-cut evidence that your daughter tampered with this investigation. She was conspiring with the policyholder to strengthen these fraudulent claims. Well, just because Wendy couldn't clearly remember if she yelled to warn Michael doesn't automatically mean the claim was fraudulent. Does the story make any sense to you? What story? Wendy's? She randomly got some new electric fans just a few days before the incident? Because why? Because she likes how it complements her flowers? The pure aesthetics of those coursing 8,000 volts truly unmatched. And Michael? She knows this boy quite well, no? The whole thing reeks of conspiracy to me, aided and abetted by Darby. I don't know what you're suggesting, Shannon. I mean, the injuries Michael retained, this was really just an accident, I think. Why would they do something this violent for the money? And Darby, that was a bit damning, but the warning is such a teeny tiny detail here. It was hardly instrumental in determining the outcome. I'm truly shocked. 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 Worse than Michael. At your naivety, Stuart. A few months in the hospital is hardly a turnoff from hundreds of thousands of dollars. I wouldn't be surprised at all if half those injuries are from his pants lighting on fire because someone is lying. You're wrong. I guarantee you I'm not. And you know who's going to be the one to prove it? And your raging incompetence? Your own daughter. Let's keep listening, shall we? Sure. Let's. Right. Now that you mention it, I'm so sure I yelled to warn him, and I'm sure he'll remember it that way too. Nice. Well, there you have it, folks. Wendy was maintaining her fence with the utmost responsibility, diligently warning people about its shocking danger, including poor Michael. Curiosity just got the better of him, I guess. So everything seemed perfectly lined up for Stuart to find in favor of Wendy and Michael. Everything that happened clearly covered under her policy. But here, listeners, is where things began to take a turn. It seems like Wendy could sense my openness to the revolution, to the downfall of the blood-sucking corporate corporations, and opened up to me in a very unexpected way. I appreciate you bringing that matter of warning Michael to my attention. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you were following all the conditions of your policy, you know? I mean, I knew you had met the conditions, I wasn't trying to tamper or anything, just want to make sure we have the facts straight so I can stick to Amity Nation, prove them for the liars and thieves they are. Absolutely. Amen to that, sister. Yeah, and don't worry, I will not let them get away with any miscarriage of justice. I'm recording everything and will broadcast all of their crimes loud and clear. I have a large and dedicated fan base as a podcaster. Do you? Yeah, duh. I mean, I will one day, after I release this expose. Hmm, you know, I'm always looking for people with influence and reach and that go-getter self-starter attitude, just like you. Oh, really? And why is that? Darby, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Okay, is this off the record? Yes, do not put this in your podcast. I won't. You can trust me. Everything that's going on here? Fake. What do you mean? The investigation? No, not the investigation. That's real. But the claim? Fake. Michael's not hurt? No, no, Michael's really hurt. But it wasn't an accident. This is something we've meticulously planned out. Oh. Set up just perfectly right so we can, you know, bring home the bucks from our buddies over at Amity Nation. Oh. 
So like insurance fraud? No, Darby, not like insurance fraud. Nothing like insurance fraud. This is a business, my business, an industry truly. I'm an entrepreneur and you could be too. I'm confused. Don't be, nothing's more simple. I work with a company called Diplo, have been for the last five years, and they send out what are called missions. Simple and easy ways of taking your insurance policy and tweaking your circumstances to meet the needs of a theoretical claim arising from that policy, you see? This mission I've completed here with Michael, this will be our highest payout yet. Diplo is the company? Yes. Stands for the Defrauding Insurance for Profit Organization. What about the L? Like Diplo? Yeah, what about the L? Right, silly me. Uh, okay, but defrauding insurance? You said it wasn't about insurance fraud. No, 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 of course it's not, Darby. It's about business ownership, working on your schedule to make your own money. Don't you get it? Look, take Michael. He works for me, just started in fact. This was his first mission. Okay, he'll get a sizable amount of this payout, his fair share, and he eventually, he'll take on bigger missions. Get people to work for him, make money off their work too, not just his own. That's how I started, working for my supervisor on small stuff. You know, lost valuables like burglary, but now I'm a level four captain insurer, and that means I have four people under me. I run my own ship, and we'll be sailing into arson missions before the end of this quarter. And I would love to have you on my team. Join the Diplo family. You'll be your own boss. Hmm. It's a compelling offer. I, I can't help but notice Diplo. It, it seems similar in structure to that of a multi-level marketing scheme, does it not? MLM? No, this is not an MLM. This is a cohort of entrepreneurs building networks, corporate scaffolding. The point is, I make my own money. My way. We get to Robin Hood these corporate giants. Isn't that what you want to do? What you're trying to do here? Well, yes, I, I guess. And look, Wendy, I, I admire your initiative. I really, truly do. But this does raise some ethical questions for me, you have to understand. How so? Well, like, like Michael. You said his injuries are real, but he will make less than you off of this mission. Hmm, I can understand your concern about that, but don't you worry, though. The funds are distributed completely fairly. You see, this was truly a mission I orchestrated, got the fence and the policy and whatnot. Michael was obviously instrumental and he demonstrated his loyalty well beyond what we could have expected. Severe injuries are kind of a rite of passage in Diplo, you know? I lost sight in my right eye in this crazy optometrist malpractice case a couple years back. Michael will get his fair share of this, around 20% give or take, but he'll gain so much respect in Diplo and something truly priceless, the autonomy and joy at his own abilities and ingenuity. He's becoming his own boss. You're right. That all sounds fantastic, Wendy. I think I want to become my own boss too. I knew you were a go-getter. Let's keep talking. There you have it, people. Like in all the best investigative journalism podcasts, the story we were investigating turned into something completely different. Turns out, Wendy was not just some woman about to get screwed by the cruel antics of Big Insure, but a career woman, deeply entrenched in a pyramid scheme, taking these corporations for everything that they're worth. Of course, this is something I was going to have to explore more. Stay tuned for the next episode of How Insurance Companies Kill People as we go inside Diplo and learn to give the power back to the little guy. 
This podcast is dedicated to my late mother, Diane Daniels. So, Skew, what could you possibly have to say about all of that? Like, I really am at a loss. Oh, I bet. I see now that maybe I goofed up on the decision about the claim, but I mean... Oh, maybe you goofed up? Just maybe? But, like, what am I supposed to do if their entire line of work is figuring out the ins and outs of the policy so that they can exploit it? The fence was being properly kept, there wasn't gross negligence. I guess the intent to harm does become debatable now, but, like, if they want to throw themselves at electric fences and sustain life-altering injuries, that will be, like, what, one in 10,000 cases, Shannon? What are we supposed to do about this, really? Wow, Stuart, you cannot possibly be serious. What are we supposed to do about this? We've just discovered there's a whole underground company that exists to rip us off to very specifically deceive people in your profession. And guess what? They succeeded! Your nonchalance is extremely concerning, Stu. I mean, it's all just so insane. I doubt there's any real people in Diplo anyways. Well, oh-so-diligent and observant investigator Stuart Daniels, whose lack of care about what should be an earth-shattering revelation is not at all making me suspicious. They actually have a pretty loud online social media presence, as it would turn out. What? Yeah. Diplo and Wendy are not at all scared of getting caught sneaking around with their little plans. They're pretty much blasting every move they make to their would-be employees advertising their whole scheme. In fact, Wendy posted an entire tutorial online from your case specifically, explaining how she executed every step. No, that's impossible. She couldn't have done that. How would you find it? Ah, yes. The fear in your eyes now is so what I was looking for. Let's give it a listen, shall we? Oh, God, no. I'm going to play it now, for you. Hi there, folks. It's me, Wendy Lewis, level 4 captain insurer at Diplo, getting ready to execute my biggest mission yet. Yeah, some of you may have heard through the grapevine that me and my latest recruit are going to be attempting mission 266, the electric fence hokey pokey. Yes, indeed, it is the most difficult of the electric fence missions. There's lots of body contact, and it can do some real damage. But like we always say at Diplo, serious damage means serious damages. And of course, the body heals, but the wallet rarely does. So, we're not afraid, right, Michael? Michael, do not touch it. Yet. How many times do I have to tell you? Ugh. Anyway, we're prepared. The hope with the electric fence hoagie pokey is that the shocks cause some secondary damage, broken bones or concussion or that type of thing. It can be risky, but I'll be standing nearby and ready to rough him up a little more if the fence can't do the job. We'll wait until 8pm so it's dark. Nighttime helps you cover your bases. Less people outside, worse security camera footage. Michael has been hydrating to make this as painless as possible, which is not super painless, but it's for the greater good. Also, couldn't seem more excited to grab onto the thing. You know, he's an odd kid, and sometimes the odd ones really are the best mission specialists. We love him for how he loves old Sparky. I'll hold the homeowner's insurance with Amity Nation, the best insurance for electric fence mishaps. Pretty relaxed policy, all things considered. But that does make it a kind of intimidating mission for me. I mean, as Diplo members will certainly know, one of our level 9 magistrate insured at Diplo, the second highest level below, Miss E. Holmes, our level 10 premium provider, is himself a senior claims investigator at Amity Nation. 
It makes any case with Amity Nation a big deal, but he reached out to me personally to let me know he thinks he'll get assigned to my case, given his current workload and the expected timeline of my mission. For the uninitiated, it might sound like a good thing, like, oh, how nice, if a Diplo member is the one investigating the claim, you'll have nothing to worry about, it will go your way. But no, of course it doesn't work that way. The stakes are so much higher because Michael and I have a responsibility to prove ourselves, to make sure we don't violate the conditions of my coverage so Stuart Daniels can find it in favor of us. If not, we tarnish the good reputation of Diplo's name and threaten Mr. Daniels' position. So if you're not, Stu, we're going to do this right. Well, Mr. Daniels? I... I presume I'm fired? Oh yes, very clearly and obviously. Eventually, that is. But our business here is actually unfinished. Is it now? I mean, not only have you committed federal crimes with this low MLM side hustle of yours, but it's not like Amity Nation is just going to let you walk free with not only all of the intel you've built up here over the last 16 years, but also the hundreds of thousands of dollars you've illicitly made off of fixing the outcomes of insurance claims. I do not consent to staying here longer, I think. I would like to respectfully and peacefully resign, and- Oh, no one cares, Stuart. I also think you're actually going to want to hear what I have to say next. Because you know who holds the key to a retribution, if you will? Little old Darby. What do you mean? If I could refer you back to the end of the second episode of How Insurance Companies Kill People, Darby joined Diplo. Ah, that's right. All on her own, too. You know, she never knew I was a part of Diplo. Proud of that girl. Aw, how sweet. I'm proud of her, too. Proud of her for having the strength to stand up and do what's right. I don't understand. I think it's time we move on to the final chapter of this horrific story. Don't you, Stu? Do I have a choice? Of course not! Episode 3, here we come! This has been Fee the People, 